Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Best Seller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Joel Block. He's the author of Stop Hustling Gigs and Start Building a Business, more than 101 tricks of the trade to help entrepreneurs and self-employed people build a money-making machine. Great to have you with us in the studio, Joel. Thank you for having me. First off, Joel, great tie, very appropriate. Hey, thank you. You know, Monopoly money, and that's and certainly all of us business people are uh, sort of playing with Monopoly money. Right. We'll get to that in a moment. I want to ask you first off about the cover of the book. Uh, you have this red ball. What's the story behind that? You know what? It, it's called the Newton's Cradle. A lot of times uh, children uh, play with these. It's a science experiment for little kids. And when I was little, my grandfather had one. I used to play with one of these. And you know what I see when I look at this is energy. I, I see momentum. I see power and, and inertia. But what I really see when I look at that is I see this red ball and I'm the red ball. I'm the one that puts things in motion. And that's what all of us leaders are. That's what all of us entrepreneurs are. All of us that start things, we put things in motion, we get things going. And that's what I want people to be. I want everybody to be a red ball. So this book is for someone who's aspiring to be a red ball, perhaps is a red ball and needs a push? They're probably already a red ball. Probably their personality is that they're a red ball. They're, they're the leader. They're the one that's going to put the thing in motion. This book's about how to really make sure that you're successful in making that happen in a good way. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the genesis of the book, Joel. Why'd you want to write the book? I love the, I love the title, Stop Hustling Gigs. It sort of grabs you. You think, am I hustling gigs? Yeah. Well, listen, most people do hustle gigs and they mm-hmm. jump from gig to gig. But I would sit with my kids and my wife, we'd sit at dinner and, and I would tell them about things about business and little lessons and they would learn things. And in a certain way, I, I started cataloging the way I think, the way that I do things. And I kind of come at things sometimes in a, in a contrarian way. I kind of think about things in a funny way. And I thought, you know what? It would be funny to write this down and let the kids have kind of a legacy thing. And that's what the project started to be. But it turns out that this is an awesome uh, catalog of, of information for people who run businesses that want to think about all kinds of ways uh, to organize themselves better and and get the job done just right. So this is anyone who's trying to build a business, start a business, make well, a successful business, has a business. He says it's not working. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, they could even be people that have a great business. There's things in there for them. It could be advisors to business. It could be anybody who's rolling along in, in a good way. All right. And you're also a CPA. Your background is obviously a finance background. I, so I, I come you from incorporate that, that. I mean, how, did, yeah. how does being a CPA, how did that help you write the book? You know, I, I come from that business. I, I haven't practiced accounting in a long, long time. But that was kind of what my roots were. I've been in business for my whole career, really. Uh, But listen, having a financial background helps me a lot. And I I think it's a shortcoming for a lot of people. And 
to some extent, there's a little bit of financial information here too that helps people to you know kind of think yeah. about money and numbers in a different way and not be scared of it because without understanding it, they can't really maximize their opportunity. Right, I like that. You meant there's stuff about the tax code, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But you know, seeing money the way Wall Street sees money, sort of different way things that my dad was a CPA, things that he used to say that I said, oh, that, that's a CPA speaking. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. I think there's about 107 insights. In the book, there are, there oh, are, yeah. Was that narrowed down from a larger number? How did you go about picking? Because there's so was, much to choose from. Uh, this might be volume one. You know, <laughs> right. I've, I've got another list of more things that uh, we'll deal with some other time. But but these just seemed like great ones, and enough was enough at some point, and I just stopped. And this is what the book's going to be. So. Uh, listen, maybe maybe there are more, and maybe there aren't. I'm curious about the title though. Stop hustling gigs. Did you feel that applied to you? Did you, did you just see that happening so much where you said, gosh, I got to help him, her? You know, you just saw you were surrounded by it. I mean, well, that, why, yeah. why that terminology? That's a, that's a great way to think about it. Um, I wasn't so much hustling gigs, but I'm surrounded by people who are trying hard to build a business. Mm -hmm. And the reason the business doesn't come together is because it's not really a business at all. Mm. It's just gig, gig, gig. And they just jump from thing to thing to thing. And they're always scrambling. And people really want to take care of their families. They want to do a better job of providing for all the people in their life. And the way they're going to do that is by stringing things together in a better way. And how does that happen? It happens by having more revenue streams that work together. It happens by uh, just being smarter about the construction and the way that you structure the business in general. Right. And those are concepts that are kind of foreign to people uh, who just have a passion for whatever it is they do. So I tried to make it simple and try to kind of give a recipe for, for some success. Yeah. And you know what? And people are, people are following the, the lead. Really easy to understand and um, analyze and digest. I wanted to just touch upon some of, the, some of the insights that stuck out to me. I mentioned this earlier, seeing money the way Wall Street sees money. What do you mean by that? Most people just see money as, as green paper and, and, and all money's the same, but all money's not the same. Uh, and I'll give you a little example. Uh, if I gave you $100 and you put it in the bank, it would say $100. If I loaned you $100 and you put it in the bank, it would still say $100. Mm -hmm. But investing $100 in your business and me owning a little bit of stock in your company is not the same as me giving you a loan. Wall Street people and financial people are very sensitive to the character of the money. Other people are not so much sensitive to that, but it makes a huge difference. And I explain a little bit about the different kinds of characteristics that money can have. And once you start to become sensitive to those issues, uh, putting your business together in a smart way gets easier. And you mentioned don't see money as the same shade of grain. A lot of well, people make that mistake. That's what that means. Right. It means that not all money is the same. Yeah. Even though it looks the same, and on a bank statement it looks the same, and in your pocket it looks the same, the truth is that it's not the same. Legally, it's not all the same. And when you go to sell your business, it's not all the same. And when you go to you know take profit out of your business, it's not all the same. Right. And so the better job you do of structuring your business on the front end, the more money you'll have left over in the long run. Which is where your tax expertise comes into play. You talk about that in that chapter, which I thought was really insightful. Um, something else I liked, you, you talk about, it's not about an hourly rate, it's about yield. And I thought that was particularly important for anyone starting out. Listen to this. It was a really sort this of is, a very important uh, this, insight. This is a, it's kind of a signature concept, you know, that I have. And I explain this to people and they get it when I explain it. And here's what happens. If you're an attorney and you make $300 an hour, then you make $300 an hour. But let's say that somebody says, okay, I'm going to give you $5,000 for accomplishing a certain thing. Well, uh, if it takes you 50 hours uh, 
the 5,000 divided by 50 is going to be $100 an hour. Mm -hmm. Or if it takes you half that amount of time, you'll make more. If it takes longer, you make less. And so it's really important that you know, one of the numbers that you need to know about your business is how am I doing? How, am I, how much money am I making? And the only way you're going to know that is by paying attention to your yield. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a simple way for people to really think about it uh, because typically speaking, they really don't. Right. Because it's sort of, someone could say, what do you charge? What's your day rate? But it's not about that day rate. It's like, what, what did you have to do to build up to be able well, to perform so on that day? Exactly. I mean, what did, you know, how much time did that take? And, you know, how much you get is kind of reflected in your history. Right. But what if you have to prepare? I mean, you have to prepare for every interview. You got to mm -hmm. read, you got to study, you got to mm -hmm. write. So it's much more than just the few minutes that we sit together. So, you know, you have to really kind of think the total investment in this project compared to how much you totally got, that's your yield. Mm -hmm. And if you know what your yield is, then you know if you're getting a good deal or not. C-Suite Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The titles are, are catchy. Um, you say, build your revenue octopus. Did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. does that mean? So, you know, this is one that I learned a long time ago. I learned it as I was going. It's one of the reasons that people hustle gigs is because they do one thing and then they run and they do another thing and they run and do another thing. The trick is really to be successful is you want to have a business that does many different things that are all kind of derivative of each other. So I'm not saying that own several different businesses and do one thing on each business. Rather, let's say you go to a hotel, mm -hmm. you check in, you buy a room and you buy food at the same hotel. Then you get a, a spa uh, thing at the hotel. Then you go to the gift shop at the same hotel. So these you know different businesses have great revenue octopuses. You know, they, they just have a great uh, set of revenue streams, but most little companies uh, don't have that kind of arrangement. And that's why they're going from gig to gig because they don't have any regularity. They don't have any secondary way of making money. They just have their primary way. So really rapidly growing businesses to avoid uh, what, what in finance is called concentration, but you know, they, they need diversification. And the way they do that is by repurposing uh, their skills and their assets into other kinds of things so that they can have uh, a revenue octopus that will feed them and their family for a long time. I like that you and you talk about revenue tentacles and yeah, sort of which was all exactly. the above that you mentioned. You're from LA, uh -huh. so I so I find it interesting. Stop hustling gigs. Anyone who's lived in LA, that that town is so much about just from we're, the next job to the next job to the next yeah. job. So we're gig, we're gig town. I mean, that's your gig is. town, yeah. right? So it's kind of ironic right. that you're the guy saying stop hustling gigs. Well, but because because take a look at the people who hustle gigs. It doesn't work for them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it doesn't really work. That doesn't mean they can't make a living. Eventually, right. they string together some stuff to make a living, but they're all exhausted. Exhausted. And, and believe me, every one of those people knows that there's a better way to do it. Right. It's a, I guess it depends sort of on what your end game is. Again, the titles are great because they catch you and you say, look for the left-handed plumber. Oh, plumbers. This is, this is a great one. It's you know? great. Yeah. Tell I mean, let's put it like means. this. Let's say that, uh, you know, you go to a uh, networking function and you describe, you know, people say, what do you do? Who do you work with? Who are your customers? If you tell them something entirely uh, general about what you do, uh, no one can ever remember anything. But if you give them something very, very specific, like an old friend of mine, you know, really, he and I used to laugh about this, that if you tell people you work with left-handed plumbers, mm, well, I don't know any left-handed plumbers, but I, I know some right-handed plumbers. Uh -huh. can, can you work with right-handed plumbers? 
Well, yeah, their problems are kind of the same. I could probably work with those people. Well, I don't know any plumbers at all, but I know some fencing contractors. Can you can you work with fencing contractors? People can go from narrow to, to wide, but they can't very easily go from wide to narrow. And so, you know, by being very specific, almost to the point of being silly, uh, it helps people to uh, think about ways that they can network with you and make referrals for you. Something else you mentioned, I like, you talk a lot about there's certain magic words yeah. that you've come across that you highly recommend. One of them was, I think, exactly. Well, let's put it like this. There are certain words that engender great confidence. So when you're talking to a customer of any, any kind of customer, if you're a consultant mm -hmm. in any kind of business, whatever you do, if you say to somebody, I know exactly what to do, that engenders confidence, assuming that you know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't make that up. But, uh, you know, assuming that you're an expert in your field and you know what to do, that's a great thing to right. say is, be, hey, listen, I know exactly what to do. Here's what we're going to do. Step one, two, three, four. Uh, people that say, well, I, I think uh, that kind of means they don't have any idea. They're making it up as they go along in a funny way. And so uh, I like to tell people, listen, here's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to roll it out. And these are the four steps we're going to take. And this is what's going to happen. And those are the kinds of things that really help people feel good about working with you and working with your company. So the book is filled with yeah. little tidbits like that. Right. Small little adjustments yeah. that go a right. long way. Um, you, know, you talk about how to be engaged, not just hired by clients, all these things that I thought were really just applicable, I mean, obviously, to anyone, depending on where you are in building your business, but specifically for someone starting out. There's so many great tips in here that I read. I'm like, wow, I wish I would have known that. I came across yeah. that. You know, many and years after college, and that, that that could have helped me way back when. So that's, listen, there, it's really there are, terrific. There are plenty of people who, uh, even now, even much later, uh, they've got a company. Their leadership team is running a company. There still are tons of little things that they could fine tune. Yeah. And it's at the end of the day, for businesses that are already ongoing, the the money comes from fine tuning because they already have you know the the first eighty or ninety percent is already working, so if they can fine tune and squeeze a few extra dollars by doing something a little better. Right, that can make a huge difference, and sometimes little things really do make a big difference. And it's true, and you never stop learning, no matter how yeah. successful you are. You always right. need tweaking and tuning. And and I love also that you have the uh, a little bit of the tax influence in there. It's, it's also just invaluable well, you, stuff as you, you don't know until you live and you, you experience. Can't, you and, can't talk about business without talking about tax. Yeah. So it's, listen, this isn't, uh, you know, uh, in depth about tax. And right. No, it's not. It's not. You certainly need to you know, deal with a CPA, but at the same time, uh, there's certain kinds of insights. Uh, for example, there's two tax systems in our United States and most people really don't understand that. We have one tax system that taxes labor mm -hmm. and one tax system that taxes capital. And wealthy people, you know, their money's taxed at a lower rate because in our society, uh, capital makes the wheel spin and that's the way it works. And so most people, uh, I don't know what percent, but a huge percent, 90, maybe 95% of the people are taxed on their labor and their ordinary activities. And the goal is, as you're working through your business, is to push some of your money into the capital side. And if you can be taxed on the capital side where the rate's lower, that actually gives you a base of money for your retirement right. anyway. So all the way around, uh, understanding the way that the tax system works. And remember, we talked about character of capital. The tax system is very clear about different kinds of capital having different kinds of characters. The earlier you learn the stuff, the better. The better. So For sure. Thank you, Joel. There's so much to get to. And I asked you earlier, I hope there's more tricks of the trade, an ever-expanding volume, because I kind of read it saying, I want, I want more. You never know. <laughs> so congratulations, and thanks for being here. Thank you very much. And if you'd like more information on the book, just head to our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.